um, because I've been asking him that question for a minute now, um, I found that this year perhaps we can share the process with you in a way that you can participate so that you, 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 have, the, you have the right to buy in and be involved in it uh, like never before. And so we make the next installment on today. Paul, in Philippians chapter 3, he really outlines the process for us. And that's going to be our proof text throughout this series. It will go as long as it takes. For the word to go forth. Now, in verse number 12, some versions say, I have not arrived. Right? Is that what he said? Is that in your Bible? That's a real powerful statement. And so the process of Paul arriving at his vision, his God-given vision, because remember, uh, where there is no vision... He outlines the process, and for all practical purposes, four steps are included. The first step was, we said, uh, an evaluation, right? And, and we, we described it with, I call it 2H evaluation, because it has to be honest, right? You and I know, you know, it's much, much easier to be dishonest than it is to be honest. The evaluation needs to be honest, and in order to make an honest evaluation, it's going to require some humility, right? A spirit of submission, right? A spirit of submission. So the, the point was, thank you, oh boy, that brother, thank you. Whoever's doing that, amen. Um, um, the point is that it needs to be confessed or acknowledged. So, with respect to the evaluation, it need, we need to, co- to confess an honest and humble evaluation. That's, that's point number one. And we're going to talk a little bit about that t- today. A little bit more. Number two, there has to be concentration, right? Or focus, right? You know, you know without focus, you reduce your chances of achieving anything. Right? It requires focus. Then there's got to be determination. Right? It may not work out the first time. You might trip and fall every now and then. How many of us done tripped and fall in our Christian journey? Act like, you, act like you're in church now. Tell the truth. Right? And that, that tripping and falling ain't over yet. Right? But determination is the creature. It's the beast. That helps you to get up one more time than you fall down. And then it's going to require some cooperation. Nike is back. She's trying to look cute too. She can't help it. 
So we started talking about vision, right? And we highlighted the, the verse, Proverbs 29, 18, in, from, three, from three translations. One said, where there is no vision, the people perish. He that keepeth the law is blessed, right? One, another version said, uh, where there is no revelation from God, the people lack restraint. In other words, they run buck wild. Y'all know, what, y'all know what that means? I had to explain that, right? Why, why, are you, why are you talking so soft? I don't have to explain that, right? <laughs> and then the other version says, um, when people can't... You remember this? Come on now, you're going to help me. When, whenever, whenever, the people, whenever people can't see what God is doing, they trip all over themselves. Right? In other words, you mess up. Right? So, uh, vision is a God thing. Is that alright? I thought of another way I could highlight the importance of vision for you. There was this young, uh, uh, renowned painter. Right? He was painting a a wall mural. And... um, he was laying the background down for the picture. <laughs> She's imagining what it looked like. I like that. And so he's splashing, you know, gray tones on there and, and deep blues just to set up the background, right? He's on a scaffold, scaffold, and he's, you know, he's right up on the thing. And he, he said, he decided he needed to get a different perspective on what he's doing. So he climbed down the scaffold and started backing up. This is a bad habit, but this is what he was doing. He was backstepping, right? While he was doing that, his good friend had come into the studio, right, and just stood there quietly and was watching the picture, the mural. When he started backstepping, (laughs) you already know, right? He backstepped right into his friend. Right? And so he said to his friend, he said to his friend, man, this, this is going to be the masterpiece of my life. What do you think? His friend said, man, <clears throat> all I see is a big blob. And right about then, the artist said, oh yeah, when you look, all you see is what's what's there but when I look I see what's it's going to be there and, and the point the point is there is something that is far better than physical eyesight although physical eyesight is a very important gift from God but vision without vision People perish. God ushered us, ushered us into 2020, and so 2020 vision, right? Because we want to see, by way of God, what the new Maywood Church of Christ is going to look like by the end of 2020. And the process involves those four things. Valuation, concentration, determination, 
Boom, boom, boom. Right? Now, so when Paul, when Paul says, I have not arrived, right? That evaluation is the starting point to, um, to anyone who wants to make their life better. Amen. You, you got to start somewhere. And you need to start with yourself. Right? And be honest about doing it. Is that all right? And we talked about, we kind of laid a foundation for that. Now, between the time in verse 12 where he says, I have not arrived. In verse number 14, he says, I press towards the mark or the goal of the prize of the of the the goal of the prize of the upward so <clears throat> the beginning point for his god vision to press towards god's goal or god's dream for him began in verse 12 amen now the evaluation that he made is part of the process that we're going to make as a church to get to God's vision for the new Maywood Church of Christ. Am I making sense? All right. So, so now, what was it about Paul's evaluation that formed his God vision? That's the question. Y'all with me? Awfully quiet in here. We got to back up and read the previous verses. Let's begin with verse number four. Though I also also might might have confidence, watch it now, in the flesh. Which means... What he's going to say after verse 4 is rooted in the flesh. Y'all all right? Read. If anyone else thinks he may have stuff to brag about in the flesh. Any braggers in here? He said... If anybody can brag in the flesh, I more. In other words, I got, if, if, if we're going to deal with the flesh, I got the most bragging rights. Because I have accomplished more than the average Christian. Y'all with me? Um, read. Circumcised the eighth day. I'm from the, I'm. I'm from good stock. Read. I'm from the... Benjamin was the most faithful, one of the more faithful tribes. Read. A Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law. Y'all see that? Concerning the law, a big cheese or a big dog. Right? I'm a Pharisee. Of course, they thought highly of themselves, right? In their, in their own eyes, 
they justify themselves. Right? Y'all know what y'all know what that means? Yeah, they thought highly of themselves. Right? Read. Concerning zeal, I went after them church folk. Matter of fact, I was on my way to Damascus and my journey was interrupted by a visit from somebody called Jesus. But whenever he showed up, I already knew that he was just more than the average person. So I saluted him by saying, Lord, what will you have me to do? See, when you meet Jesus, the position is one of submission. You can't just roll up on Jesus with your own thing. Hello? Read. Concerning the righteousness in the law, blameless. In other words, they can, as far as he's concerned, he, he kept the law. He did everything the law, he did everything the law said to do. Everybody else was catching it, but what Paul thought he was, he was, he was God's gift to the law. Read. But what, now watch, watch what's going on, right? So, when he says what things, he's talking about the things in the flesh that he's got the most bragging rights for. So, but what things, those things that I just told you about, that, that, that the average person doesn't have or have not yet arrived at, but what things will gain to me, what I have accomplished in the flesh was gained to me those same things I have counted loss for Christ. So he took it out of his gain or profit column and put it in his loss column. Are you willing to do that with your stuff? That's an important question because Something has to happen in the heart before the vision is formed. When you're asking God for vision, you have to be willing to give up some of what you think you did in the flesh. For the vision to arrive. Today, we want to call it holy dissatisfaction. Vision arrives right around the corner of holy discontent. So he says, look, those things that I was bragging about in the flesh, right? Y'all know what, y'all know, what would that relate to to you and me in, in this life? Huh? Edu- did you say education? Speak up, Nike. Education, who, job, career, right? What else? What? 
What else? What else? Uh, uh, man, your family, right? Your career, your car, your house, right? After all, you work all your life to buy that house. Hello, how many of us say the house that God gave me and not the house, my house? How many of us say that? How many of us say God gave me and God blessed me with a new car? Or how many of us say that's my car? I have to say, right? But you, you gotta see, you got I'm trying to build, I'm trying to build a I'm trying to build a wall right here. See, he, he, he said, but those things they will gain to me, I accomplish them in the flesh, and I can brag about it. But instead, I move them from the gain column and I put them in the loss column. I'm talking about arriving, the formation of vision, right? Okay, read. Then he said in verse 8, Yes, indeed, I also count all things lost. I also count all things, right? Watch the movement. What things? All things. So he's not, he not just talking about the things that he acquired in his life. He's saying, whatever it is, Everything that you and I acquire in our lives in the flesh need to be moved to the lost column. Now, I know. I know. You know. I'm just trying to preach. I'm just preaching the word here. Right? What the, and that's what the text is saying. The text is saying that your car, your family, and all of that is second, not first. Read G. Mine too, by the way. <laughs> so maybe some of y'all will start looking at me so funny. What? I count all things but loss. Okay, somebody have another version. Read that same verse. Hold it right there, G. Somebody read that, 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 that same verse in another version. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ. Right? One version says the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ. Do you see what's happening? He's saying that knowing Christ is the most important thing in life. And we asked the question, and I think now is a good place to ask it again, right? If you have, could have, Everything without Christ or have nothing but Christ, which would you rather? Now, in church, right? In church, right? It's easy to see, but of course, nothing but Christ. But you know, 
you ain't telling the all truth. Right? Because you got some stuff that is yours. Right? Listen to what else he says. For whom I have suffered. For whom I have suffered. The loss of all things. So, so, do you see his, do you feel his pain? He gave it up. He moved it from profit to loss, but he acknowledged that it hurt. Am I talking to you now? Right? Because you were quiet about it just now. But he's saying, he's saying, look, it wasn't easy. And it really hurt. That's what I'm talking about. The holy discontent. Because after he said that, read verse, finish reading verse 8. And count them as rubbish. Count, count them as rubbish that, I that I may gain Christ and be found in, be found in him, not, not living, not, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith. In Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Watch this. That I may know him. That I may know him. Knowing Christ is more important than the painful loss of all things. That's how he arrived at the next statement in verse 13. When he opened up and said, look, not as though I've already attained, I were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Read G. Brethren, I I count myself not to have yet laid hold of it. But how could he say one thing I do? It's of the holy discontent of having all of the things in the flesh that he could brag about. That helped him to see that nothing compares to knowing Christ. Nothing. So... He made knowing Christ his one thing. <clears throat> What's your one thing? Do you have a one thing in your life? Can you feel this? Could it be that one of the reasons why we lack vision is because we have not made knowing Christ our one thing? Because the text certainly substantiates that. What is there in your life 
that you could say this one thing I do about. Are you willing today? Maybe I should rephrase that. Are you willing today to reconsider what your one thing is? Are you willing today to reconsider what your one thing is? Don't you see? The key to the Christian life is this one thing I do. The key to this Christian life is this one thing I do because vision does not arrive without it. All right, let me show you it in another place. Um, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Exodus chapter 2. You remember Moses? We were talking about this on Wednesday. And, you know, <clears throat> it's still very real in, in, in my life, in our lives. Read. It came to pass. In those days, when Moses was grown, he went out to his brethren, looked at their burdens. He saw an Egyptian leading a Hebrew. What? Beating a Hebrew. One of his brethren. So he looked this way, and he looked that way. Y'all know, y'all know what he's looking for? <laughs> right? Because he already made up his mind. His mind was already made. Once he did like this, he already knows, he already figured. Y'all know? Y'all know, right? Yeah. Read, read G. He killed the Egyptian. Hit him in the sand. And when he went out, watch this now, watch this now. Listen, you remember how he was brought up and everything, right? In an Egyptian home, right? All of that, right? Now, he happens to see his people being abused. And he said, <laughs> I can't go for that. That's holy discontent in another color. Right? Because it compelled him to kill the Egyptian. Now you and I don't want to respond like that to holy discontent and go killing folk. Right? But watch what else happens. Then he said, who made you a prince? And a judge over us. Do you intend to kill me too? As you kill the Egyptian? See, this is, see, sometimes you can do what you think needs to be done to help your homie, your people, and they don't have a clue as to what caused it. Right? It ain't good just to roll up on people and just help because you feel like it. Watch, just dig your, right? Check yourself, right? Sometimes you just have to wait. And that's where the pain comes in, right? Because you watch your people 
make, you know, difficult decisions and, and, and what have you. And because, you know, you can't roll up on them and help them, you have to watch them make unwise decisions. And, and that kind of thing, right? Which is why we need to be a praying church for each other, right? Read. So Moses what? Feared and said. Surely this thing is known. All right. All right. We missed a verse in there somewhere. Hold on. Let me, let me check the script. Is it 13? He read, didn't he read 13? And when he went out the second day? Yeah, when he went out the second day. There, yeah, why you get yeah, That's what I want you to read. Oh, I didn't hear it. Read, man, I'm, I didn't hear it, right? I'm, I'm, you know, read, read, read. And he said to God, God ain't, look, 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 God ain't finished. Read. Oh. I'm, I'm. Read. And he said to the one. He said to the one. Who did the wrong. Uh-huh. Why are you striking your companion? Why are you striking, why are you, why are you, why are you, why are you treating your brother like that? Read. And he said. And he said. Who made you a prince? Right? Yeah, okay, that's the part I remember you reading. I didn't remember the other part. Now, I'm not saying you didn't read it or anything. I just didn't hear it. I've been doing that this morning for some strange reason. So when he saw a Hebrew beating up on another Hebrew, that made him angry. That upset him even more, right? Now, go to Exodus 3. Go to Exodus 3 and begin at verse 7. So Moses is dealing with this inner turmoil because of the way his people are being mistreated by the Egyptians and the way his people are being mistreated by his own people. And that causes his spirit to be vexed. Read. The Lord said what? God says, look, Moses, what you saw in Exodus 2, 11 and 12, the mistreatment of your people by the Egyptian, the mistreatment of your people by your people, I saw it. So now God is acknowledging that what Moses was feeling is relevant. The same thing that caused Moses to be dissatisfied, frustrated, is the same thing that frustrates heaven. The same thing that Paul was moved to make the the decision that knowing Christ is the only best thing is the same thing that heaven is concerned about. Reggie, I've surely seen the oppression of my people. Uh-huh. And for 400 years, I've been watching it. I've been watching you watch it. And I've heard their cry. So now, what does the Bible say? For I know their sorrow. Uh-huh. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the 
So that pain that Moses felt from watching his people mistreated, God was feeling it too. And what did he say? Does he say, I have come somewhere there? I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. <clears throat> you know that the pain was legitimate because God showed up. And the same way Paul suffered the pain of counting all things but dung, which is refuge, feces. God gave him the vision to press towards the mark of the high calling of God. What was the mark? To know Christ. I've been praying, I've been really praying about this thing, and that's why I'm still on it. So you may be hearing some things that you heard already. The Lopez translation to knowing Christ as the most important thing. This is the thing that really, this is the one thing that really matters. I don't care. God ain't, listen, don't you realize something? God is not as concerned about our convenience and our stuff as he is about us knowing him. Not knowing about him. About experiencing him in our daily life. That's first on God's agenda. Do you think that the new Maywood church can decide to follow the example of Paul? For the purpose of God's vision being formed in our heart? So that we can be the people God wants us to be by the end of 2020? There is no other way because there is no other one thing that's more important than knowing Christ. And the Lopez translation, I prayed about it. I can make it. Or, or um, well, we, we pray that you accept it. I like how Jesus said it. Jesus said it this way in John 3.30. He said, he must increase. I have a new love for that verse. He must increase. I must decrease. Picture living our lives that way. 
How was Jesus going to get more? How was Jesus going to get more? By me being less of myself. Hmm. All right. So, that's all I got to say today. If you have been dabbling, you know, got your stuff, and you're not willing to put it in the lost column. You want to hold on to it and just put Jesus on top of the pile so you think that you can have both. You really don't. Because the stuff ain't really yours. But you could have Jesus to the point where your stuff don't compare to what he is worth to you personally. There are three or four ways you can respond as you think with me. One is you can back down. You can say, <laughs> that, that's crazy talk, right? I ain't, I'm not flowing with that. Two, you can, you can break down because of the pain of sacrificing what you think you earned in your flesh. Three, you can break away. In other words, <laughs> you know, I don't, really don't need to hear no more of these sermons. Boom, boom, boom. Hightail it and run. Or you can break through. We can break through to our break too. In other words, break away from the, the concept of holding on to our stuff being more valuable than knowing Christ. We can break away from that. And break to knowing Christ, Jesus must increase, I must decrease as our one thing. If you understand what I'm saying, wave your hand in the air. Good. <clears throat> The reason 
why this is important is because you're not going to be able to receive the vision until you make up your mind that knowing Christ is the one thing to the vision. If you're here today, when I asked God, what does he want for my life for 2020? And when I asked him, what does he want from the New Maywood Church of Christ for 2020? He said, Make knowing Christ the, your one thing. And that gives me the spiritual authority to share with you that in order for us to go where God wants us to go in 2020, we, have to make, need to make, knowing Christ our one thing. How many of us want to back down? How many of us want to break down? Because you can't handle the pain. How many of us were to break away? I guess, I guess we had to wait till next week to see that. Now, I'm still believing that you want for us to break through to our, to our, to, to our break too. And that's the beauty of the one thing. Because it demands focus. And so there are some things that we're going to need to do every day to focus on accomplishing the one thing. Whether you want to call it Knowing Christ, nothing compares to it, or Jesus must increase, whichever one you prefer, are you willing to break through as a church to our breakthrough? I have to ask you if your answer is yes. Empower us to be the children that you have set out for us to be, to take the path you have already set forth for us and not our own path, Father God. We ask that you continue to bless the new Maywood Church, 
that we would be so divine in your will that uh, everyone that see us would know that we are children of God and they want to be a part of it, Father. Bless us, keep us, and protect us in Jesus' name as we uh, submit this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.